Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for even, Lord, just a, a day of uh, spending time and getting to know one another, eating together, Lord, and just, uh, just thanking you, God, that we're alive, that we have one more day um, just of breath and of life. And I pray that today, Lord God, that we can get to know the person right across from us and some new faces and that uh, we, you would uh, grow us deeper in relationship and the mission, Lord God, which is to love people like you have loved us, Lord God. And I just pray and I thank you for this church and I thank you for where you're taking us and, and the heart that you're giving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. I know the kids are in the other room. We got a lot of things going on. But I just wanted to give us a kind of an update of what's going on. I know last week was our consultation. And if you were a guest, thank you for being here. Uh, welcome to our Labor Day celebration where we like to eat. This group of people, we just like to eat all the time. All right? You can tell. Right? And uh, just, just really, really good to have you guys. And I want to start by just thanking everyone. I thank you guys for getting through the consultation thus far. I believe we're just at a halfway point. Uh, if you don't know, if you're a guest, we, have, uh, we brought in an outside organization to consult with uh, to, to make us sharper and better. You guys took surveys. You guys did interviews. You guys did focus groups. You guys did training. And last week was the prescription, which was really, really cool. Right here, we need a chair. Thank you. And, uh, and, uh, and for us, I think the cons consultation was a big deal, you know, because I believe that we're better together, but we all need to be going one direction. And oh, one direction, I apologize for making that reference there. Oh, but if you're a Christian, there's no greater mission than people knowing Jesus and, and believing really what the Bible has told us to do is to go and love people, make disciples, love God by loving others. That's what I think in my mind, that we love God by loving others. And, and we're moving forward. We believe together as Hill City, we can make a big difference in this community, in our world. And we, want, we don't want to just be another church that exists and disappears. We want to love God effectively in our world, and we want to see lives better all in our community, but all across the world. And we want people to be loved by Jesus, and, uh, and I, I hope that you guys are in prayer with us, that you're asking God, God, don't just tell me about you, but lead me. Give me a mission for my life. Have you ever, have you ever wondered what your purpose was? Anyone? I believe all of us, at some point, we come to a place that's like, what am I doing here? What's my purpose? And God has told us our purpose is to love people as yourself and, he, and to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them everything I've commanded you. And then he says, I will be with you as you do these things. That's the great commission. And then there's the great command. The great command is love God with your, all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And then there's the great invitation, which I, I, it's also, they're all found in Matthew, which is come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and you will find rest. Like, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, my burden in his life and he's like learn from me so what we're doing and i'm sharing this and i just want to give you vision is is we want to take all the greats and put it into our church and actually live them out because when we live out what jesus says then it says then i will be with you always 
Sometimes we're like, am I doing anything? And sometimes we really want God in our lives to do something that God has told you. I think obedience brings his presence. I really do. There has to, we have to move in obedience. And so... Those, Those are the things that, that we want to talk about in consultation. And give us some time. I know a lot of you guys have reached out and said, what can I do? Right now we're under some planning. We want to make sure we lay down some foundational work so that we can walk on it. So we're not rushing into anything. You guys good with that? No? Yes? Sounds good. Yeah. We don't want to just run into anything. But we, we are going to be moving uh, quickly and changing uh, some of the things. And I hope that you guys can work with us and be in prayer with us. But um, moving on from just the consultation part, I just want to tell you um, it's Labor Day weekend. Anyone glad that it's Labor Day weekend? Anyone have, like, work off? Yeah? It is a national holiday. So I, was, I did some study on Labor Day. Do you guys know why Labor Day exists? No? It's Labor Day. <laughs> I thought it exists so we can go camping, right? A lot of people are camping. But Labor Day actually started as a revolt at the end of the 1800s in New York, right? It, it was in the late 1800s, the average American would work 12 hours a day and usually seven days a week. So Labor Day started where they took one day and they said, we're revolting, we're not going to work. And over 10,000 people in New York, which was a lot of people back then, right? 10,000 was a lot in the late 1800s. They didn't go to work and they all marched from the capital to this uh, scenic area to say, we are no longer working 12 hours a day for seven days a week. They were asking, can we work eight hours a day? <laughs> That's what they were asking for during the Labor Day revolt, right? And they were doing physically demanding jobs with low paying. Children are working on farms. Children were working in mines, right? They weren't playing Minecraft. They were actually working in mines, right? So they were working in mines. They were on roadblocks. They were working on roads, right? So it was crazy. They were working in factories and things like that. So Americans came together, children and adults and all, and they made a stand. In September 5th, 1882, many people risking their jobs for this one-day strike, and which led to years later by President Guess who? Which president made this decree in 1894? Anyone know who was president? 1894? You're right. <laughs> oh, you, you, you already knew. It was Cleveland. It was like the president no one really knows about, right? Grover Cleveland, in June 28, 1994, declared Labor Day a national holiday and started to introduce justice into work, that people need justice in work. So it was a very redemptive day. I believe it's a very redemptive moment in American history. And, and I just want to say this. Thank God for work, right? I know some of you guys are like, I hate work. No, no, no. Thank God for work. That we can work a field and get a return. Because there's, there's, you can actually get a return when you work. It's beautiful. If it's in tech or construction or cooking or management or teaching, nursing, you can be an artist, you can be a student, right? You could be on a farm or you could be home raising your crazy kids. But thank God for work. It's all work. Sometimes when you're doing these things, it seems like it never ends, but work is important. Think with me for a moment. When you work, whatever you do, you're making the world better and you're making someone's life better. You're producing something, right? And no matter what you do, if it's you're in the service industry, when you're remodeling, when you're educating, work is always about 
you're pushing off to someone else. You're helping someone else. You're producing something that someone else will enjoy. So at most parts of work, I can't say every job, but most work is beneficial to someone else. Think about that for a moment. Work is beneficial to someone else. If it's serving, if it's building, you're building a future, right? And work is worship to God. And I can go into the theological aspect of that, but work is worship to God. You're like, no, it's not, John. Work is work. No, no, no. Biblically, work is worship to God. I know I've done some studies with some of you guys, but the, work, the word work in the Old Testament is the word avod. And the word worship in the Old Testament is the word avod. So work and worship are very close in line. When God created the world, the first thing he told Adam and Eve to do was work. That was like the first command. You're like, oh. So it was before the fall. The first thing we're called to do, we're all called to work. Have you guys ever watched um, Wally? Anyone watch Wally? And what, what were the people like in Wally? Like when they were on the spaceship? They were in these, like, there were these overgrown humans that looked like babies that were on floating chairs, right? And they were sipping their drink and their food. And when you watch that, when you look like, you're like, something is wrong with those human beings. They weren't made to just take, take, take. They weren't made to be giant babies that just consume. We understand little babies that consume, but when they become giant babies that consume, we see even in our mind's eye, something's wrong with that. You know why? Because we were made to work. We were made to work, and work is worship, from the grocery clerk to the business owner. Romans 12.1 says this. Romans 12.1. I'm going to do that again. Romans 12.1. All right. We celebrate the word of God, all right? Therefore, it says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your true and proper worship. So he says, in view of God's mercy, in view of the cross, in view of God's love for you, in view of your life, it says, it says there, offer yourself in view of all the people that God has put in your life. That, uh, that were uh, maybe roadblocks God has put in your way so that you would run into him. Your life, view your life as a living sacrifice, pleasing, and our true and proper worship. Your life is a living sacrifice. The way you live is worship unto God. So if you would go walk up to Jesus and you'd say, hey, Jesus, how's your spiritual life? What would Jesus say? What spiritual life? You mean my real life? It's funny because, you know, as Christians, we, we separate our, Christ, our spiritual thought and our real life, don't we? Like, oh, I need to do some spiritual things in my life so that my real life would get better. But if you would go up to Jesus and you would say, hey, Jesus, how's your spiritual life? You doing your daily devotions? You doing your stuff? And Jesus would say to us, you mean my real life? Listen, our real life is our spiritual life. It is one and the same. And when we split it up, which is called dualism, when we live in two different worlds, thinking this is my God world and this is my real world, then our work loses its power. Our parenting loses its power. Our generosity, the way we deal with our finances, the way we love our neighbors. It says in view of God's great mercy, in view of what Jesus has done on the cross, offer your bodies, offer your life as a living sacrifice. That is your true and proper worship.
That is a very, very powerful statement. There is no spiritual life. Everything is spiritual. The way you smile and the way you take care of the least of these is the way you take care of Christ. What you did, it's, it, it, that's the way. The way we love God is the way we love one another. The way we love someone far from us, different from us. Uh, that's our real life. That's real worship. We're participating in God's creation and what God is already doing. So listen. This is the application. When you're at the office, when you're building buildings or building cakes or building humans or building software, when you're providing a service, you are doing it for the glory of God, for his honor. Our lives, our living sacrifice is a magnifying glass and a pathway for others to see God in you and from you. I'm going to say that one last time. Our life, our living sacrifice is a magnifying glass a pathway for others to see God in you and from you. Colossians 3.23 says this, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human bosses or masters. Think about that. Whatever you're doing right now, you're doing it unto the Lord. That's right. Everything that you do. The way for, for the students, the way you play, man, the way you go all in, the way you guys play football, you're doing football for the glory of God and the good of your team, right? Even football is a, can be a spiritual thing. It's the way we see things. It's the way we see our lives. I want us to change the lens that we see in. Instead of saying, it's just my life. No, it's our lives. God is working through you. You're part of a bigger story. So let's change our language about work. When you get frustrated, let's remind ourselves and each other, we don't work for the weekends. I know some of us, were like, I just can't wait for the weekends. We don't work for the weekends. We work unto God. We work for Jesus, and our work is worship. Your faith must affect your work. I'm going to say that one last time. I know you heard it a hundred times. On Labor Day weekend, you're like, I'm supposed to relax. It's Labor Day, John. It's a national holiday coming up, talking about how I don't work, right? Right? But your faith must affect how you work. You can't be Mr. or Mrs. Christian or about your faith and your work life be horrible. Your coworkers hate you. Your boss thinks you're lazy. You show up late for every meeting. You're, you are the, if you are known at your workplace as the gossiper and the complainer, that is no good because it's not separate from your spiritual life. I know. I know. 1 Corinthians 15.5, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. And the work of the Lord doesn't mean like church stuff. It doesn't mean like prayer stuff. It means your life as a living sacrifice. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we all work, God, and I pray that let us not de-emphasize a certain part of our life because it's most of our life. If we be honest, most of us, we, we put in so many hours developing a, a building or building a kitchen or whatever we're doing, Lord God, building students, Lord God. Let us know that we want to affect the next generation by the way we work, by the way we love, by the way we raise our kids. By the way we flatten out the, the roads, all these ways, Lord God, the way we develop software so it's easy to use for anyone, God, the way we educate, 
I pray we do it for the glory of God and for the good of people. I pray that today, Lord God, as we celebrate and we eat together in just a moment, be with us, Lord God. I pray in this room, even now, I know there's people that come in with weight, Lord God, with burdens, Lord God. And I pray, we, Lord, help us in our conversation that we would be loving, Lord God, and we'd be honest and we could help the people at our table and love them deeper today as that is our true and proper worship unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, amen, amen. Right now, we, we got all our food in line. I don't know if the offering thing, does anyone know where the baskets are? Get that? Okay, we have it. I'm going to pray for the offering. Your generosity is going to more events. Uh, it's going to, we're going to focus on outreach moving forward. So that's what it's going to go to. And, uh, and I'm going to pray for the offering, and then we're going to pass around in a circle. And, uh, and I thank you for your generosity. And uh, I just, man. Let your, let this week, write down how God can work through you outward. Write down, write that down. And just, I think we need to set goals for our week. I think that's very important. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for our giving. I know we just prayed. But God, I pray that everything that we give, Lord God, it would be just to you, Lord God, and for reaching those far from you who don't know Jesus, who are hurting, Lord God, and who need a hand up. Lord Jesus, let's be a church, Lord, for our community and not just in our community. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen.